25, Genesis 25 and verse number 29 is where we're going to start reading. The Bible says there, and Jacob sawed pottage and Esau came from the field and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee with that same red pottage for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. Esau said, behold, I'm at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? Jacob said, swear to me this day. And he swore unto him and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils. And he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for these guys being here, Lord. We love them. We're glad they're here, Lord. We pray that, God, you would just tune us into your word today. Please, Lord, I need your help. I need you just to take over. This time, this opportunity that we have, Lord, I pray that you would use it in each heart and each life. You know what guys are going through, what they're dealing with, what they're struggling with. And Lord, I pray you would just give them the help that they need from your word. Lord, just get me out of the way. And Lord, that you would speak to their hearts loudly and clearly and unmistakably, Lord. I pray that God, you would please just help them to hear your voice through the preaching. I pray you give me the right words and thoughts and spirit to communicate this clearly, understandably. And Lord, change us. We don't want to just hear, listen, think it's interesting. Lord, change us. Change us, change us to be more like you. Maybe there's some areas that are kind of hiding in the shadows, that are weak, that are not what they need to be, that are not up to par. Lord, please strengthen us. Get us where we need to be in those areas. We love you. Pray you would bless our time today. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for us and all that you do for us each and every day. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can be seated. Thank you for standing. <clears throat> this is a very, very familiar story in the Bible, probably to most of you guys. I have actually never preached a message on this before, but we probably all heard it growing up in church and being here for any length of time. This is of two brothers. They're actually twin brothers. Um, I do not know if they looked similar by their descriptions, but they came out uh, around the same time. Uh, Esau was actually, he's the older one. He actually came out right before his brother, okay? Esau's the older one. He's a tough guy. It says in verse number 27 that Esau was a cunning hunter. He was the man of the field. He's a, what we would call an outdoorsman. He would want to be a hunter. He would... Uh, spend most of his time outdoors, rough and tumble and that kind of thing. His brother is Jacob. Jacob came right after him out of the womb into this world. And Jacob, it says in verse 27, again, he was a plain man, dwelling in tents. And he probably wanted his sandwiches plain, you know, but (laughs) he was just kind of an indoor type guy. You know, he just didn't want to do all that crazy stuff that his brother did, but he would just kind of stay inside And uh, one of these verses, I uh, won't get to it now, but it talks about how hairy Esau was. Whew, a lot of hair, right? He needed one of them, what, a micro-touch or whatever, (laughs) trimmers. That's what this dude needed. He didn't have it back in that day and age. So this guy was a woolly mammoth, all right? This guy had hair everywhere. And it talked about Jacob was a smooth man. He didn't have much hair. That's kind of weird, all right? When you get older, you... You may not have it now, but when you get older, you start getting hairy and you're just like, what happened to me? All right. So that's just how guys are. So um, Jacob's a little weird. Uh, You know, Esau, he's like I said, he wake up in the morning. You know, what's going on around here? So, yeah, he had hair everywhere. So that's kind of funny. But guys, this story is not funny at all. It's very serious. And this is kind of the turning point in Esau's life. And I just want to give you the title right now, and I'll try to jump into the message. I think it'll be explained as we go along. Here's the message today, guys. This, and this will be relevant to all of us. 
Don't sell out. That's the message today. Don't sell out. Listen, the opportunities, the appeals, the choices to sell out, guys, will be everywhere. They'll be plenteous. They'll be there for you. They'll be there for me. They are every single day that we live on this earth as a child of God. But God's telling us through this story, don't sell out. Listen, this man, he sold out. He had a great privilege. He had great blessing in his life. He had great opportunities presented to him. But he didn't care about them at all. And that's the key. It's not that he got tricked. It's not that he got swindled, although that's kind of Jacob's M.O. He's, he's a trickster. He's, he's a swindler. He likes to kind of pull cons on people. But, you know, this is one instance where he was pretty upfront about what he was saying. He told him straight up what he wanted, and Esau gave right into it with his eyes wide open. Guys, he made a foolish decision. The rest of his life, he paid as a result of it. So I'll just uh, tell you it one more time, then we'll jump in. Guys, don't sell out. Amen. Don't sell out. This world's going to try to get you to sell out. Young lady's going to try to get you to sell out. Don't sell out. So that's what I'm preaching on today. Point number one. The privileges of this status. The privileges of this status. Guys, what this whole story revolves around is this concept and it's this. Verse number 31. It says, Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. Thy birthright. Birthright. What are we talking about? We're talking about birthmark. We're talking about, you know, some trinket that you get because of where you were born in the family. A birthright was very important in that culture, guys, in that day and age. We don't really have anything like this now, but back then, this was a huge deal. It was for the firstborn son in a family, and what this entailed, guys, was some very important things. So this is under the privileges of this status. So it's about the birthright, all right? First of all, guys, the oldest son would get a sizable portion. What I mean of that is the inheritance, Okay, whatever the dad had when he passed on, when he died, he would pass it on to his children. The oldest son that had this birthright would get double what everyone else got. Okay, so that was a big deal for one thing. So we're talking about houses, money, whatever possessions they may have, uh, nice clothing, all the stuff that they would have in that day and age. The birthright would solidify and ensure that you would get a double portion of what everybody else did. So in the case of Jacob and Esau, as they were born naturally, Esau would get double, two-thirds, whereas Jacob would get one-third. That's a sizable difference, all right? So that's one aspect of it. Also, the privileges of this status, not only would he get a double portion, double inheritance, guys, this is probably the big one. This is why I want you to listen. He would also have a spiritual position. The firstborn, the oldest born son, guys, he would, when the father would die, he would basically be the leader of the family now. And as, as that, guys, he would be the spiritual leader of the family. He would be the one, Kevin, that day and age, what would they do when they would sin? They'd have to sacrifice, right? Animals, lambs and rams and so forth. That would be his responsibility. I'm talking about... Ethan, the spiritual health and livelihood of that family would rest on the shoulders of the firstborn. When that father passed on, now it would be his responsibility. That was his job. That would be on him. That would be something that he would have to carry out. Ethan, that's, that sounds like a really high priority. That sounds like a huge responsibility, Aiden. That thing, I think of something like that as, wow, that's important. So not only would he get a sizable portion, guys, he'd get a double inheritance. 
He would get a spiritual position. He would be the family leader when the dad passed on. And, guys, he would basically, you could say he would be the priest. He would be the one that would go to God on the behalf of the family. And sacrifice these animals and pray to God. And, get guys, get the spiritual direction for the family. Uh, uh, take on the spiritual leadership of the home. Guys, I'm talking about, should we do this or that? The firstborn would have to make that decision. Should we go to this place or that place? The firstborn would make that decision. He had the birthright. Should we go to uh, this place to worship or that place to worship? This was hanging on his shoulders. This was a big deal. And, guys, we're very on, early on in the Bible, right? Well, we've all heard it in the Bible. We talk about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jacob right? Did you know it was not supposed to be Jacob? This is the story that turned all that. It was supposed to be Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. That sounds weird, doesn't it? But that was the original plan. That's the way it should have played out. That was the pattern it should have followed. Guys, you know what? The, why that's so important? That, you know why we say that? That was the line of the Messiah. That was the line of the Messiah. Okay? It would come through the line of Abraham. Jesus would be born one day in Bethlehem. He would come to save the world of their sins. That's our Savior. Listen, it started with the line of Abraham. God called him out of the earth of the Chaldees. Uh, Genesis chapter what? chapter 12. He says, go into the land that I will show thee. Listen, you know the story. He's 75 years old. God tells him, you're going to have a son. He can't believe it. It takes a long time. After uh, 11 years, he said, maybe God, maybe I need to help you out. Maybe I need to go a different route. And he, he has a child by another woman. God says, no, that's not it. Guys, it takes till he's 100 years old and his wife is 90 years old and his wife has a baby at 90 years old. I heard a story yesterday of a lady having a baby when she's 55 years old. And I was over there like, that's possible? I didn't know that. I did not know that, all right? But 90 years old, guys, let me just clear it up for you. If you're wondering if that's possible, no. That is impossible without God, all right? There's no chance. There's no chance. By the way, um, Abraham and Sarah's son was named. There we go. Isaac. Do you know what Isaac means, by the way? Like, no, I haven't looked it up. You know what it means? Laughter. Laughter. You know why? Because when God told, especially Sarah, that they were going to have a son, she laughed. Saying, that's impossible. There's no way. So God says, okay, well, I'll prove it to you. You're going to have a son, and we're going to call him laughter. Take that. All right? So you'll be reminded not to mock me when I tell you something. So if you meet somebody named Isaac, start laughing. They'll be like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you is you, buddy, all right? You made me laugh because that's your name, all right? Listen, the privileges of the status, guys. He got a double inheritance. He was the family leader, and the priestly duties were given to him. And, guys, he would be in the line of the Messiah. That's a huge deal. Guys, that's not just, it's an important responsibility to carry on the spiritual welfare of that family. That's a huge, that's a big deal. But guys, can I tell you, being in the line of the Messiah, this is a monumental deal. It goes way beyond that. I mean, time out a minute. You say all these weird names, this is a long time ago. What if that was your name? I mean, what if it was Abraham, Isaac, and Ethan? You know what I mean? Or, or Aiden, or Christian, or Eric. Dude, that's a big deal. You'd be like, yeah, that was me. You're talking about me, I'm in the line of the Messiah. Guys, how it worked out, it came to be Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob, and then... It's fine if you don't, but do you know which Jacob had 12 sons, right? That's a lot of kids, all right? Do you know which son uh, the line went through of Jacob's sons? 
Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Judah. Yeah, Judah was the one that Jesus would come through eventually on down the line as we know. So out of his 12 sons, Judah was the one that God used to carry on the line, guys. But can I just say, it's a big deal to have that birthright. It's a huge deal to have that birthright. Uh, You say, uh, Brother Tom, I don't know if you realize. I don't know if you checked your calendar recently. This is 2022. We don't have birthrights. Guys, I I realize that. But you know, you do have a spiritual birthright. Hey guys, there are things that we take for granted. Take for granted as children of God that most of the people in the world, they would love to have. They would love to have. Guys, can I tell you a couple of these things real quick that are privileges of being a child of God. Privileges of this status. Your purity is one of them. Your purity is one of them. Not messing around with a woman, guys. That's that. Listen, you know, the world laughs at us and they say, what's wrong with you? You're weird. Something something uh, off with you. You're a little uh, something, you know, not right with you guys. You know what? I heard an illustration one time. This person was getting ridiculed like that. And they said to the effect of this. I don't know the exact words, but they said to the effect of this. They say, you know what? At any time I wanted, this is the pure person. At any time I wanted, I could become like you. But you could never go back and be like me. Hmm. Think about that. Guys, once you give that away, you can't take it back. Yeah. Once you give your purity away, you can't take it back. You can't say, oh, let me rewind. Oh, let me, let me get the eraser out. Doesn't work. Hey, guys, at any time, and I'm not saying we should, but at any time, we could become like the world. But the world can't become like us. Right. Your purity is a special thing. Hey, guys, that's a birthright. Can I tell you your potential is a birthright? Guys, God can use you in amazing, wonderful, uh, valuable ways. Listen, your heritage. Guys, you are here today in Woodlawn Baptist Church. In case you didn't look at the sign on your way in. All right? You are here at Woodlawn Baptist Church. Can I tell you, Woodlawn Baptist Church is valuable to me. It's something that's precious to me. You say, why? Because, guys, this is where... I grew up and I got to see what a godly man was all about. What I got to see what living for God was all about. Guys, this is where I heard about Jesus. This is where I sung those songs about uh, learning about Jesus, about reading your Bible every day, and about how the blood of Jesus washes all your sins away, and about there's a great change since I've been born again. And we heard all these things. Guys, that's very important. You know where I learned this from? I learned it from this place because, because, because they stood strongly on the word of God. They didn't budge. They didn't compromise. They weren't trying to keep up with what the world was saying or what the news was saying or what was going on in popular culture. They didn't care about that. They cared about what the word of God says. And they stood strong on it. And I'm thankful for that. And Kevin, I love and I adore the fact that I got to grow up around real men of God. You say like who? Like my dad. Like brother Chuck Webb. Like brother Jack Wyatt. Like brother Jerry Tripp. Like like brother Bob Ritchie. Like uh, brother Mike Henry. Real men of God. Hey guys, I like sports. I like watching that stuff. I like when, you know, Steph Curry hits a 35 foot three pointer. I'm like, whoa, that's amazing. When Aaron Judge hit the record, by the way, hits a home run. I'm over there. Yeah. When some guy catches some crazy touchdown falling out of bounds, I'm saying that's amazing. 
But can I tell you, that stuff is nothing in comparison to these men of God that are faithful. They got character. They got integrity. They can't do what those guys do on the basketball court. They can't do, they can't hit a home run 450 feet. They can't do all those athletic exploits. But can I tell you, they are real men. And that's who I want to be like. And that's who I want to follow after. And guys, my heart burns to be like that. And I hope you want to be like that as well. Listen, you say, well, maybe I didn't know some of those men. Well, how about our pastor? Hey, Brother Bob's still around here doing just fine, serving God. And we have so many others, Brother Robert, Brother Tut, and so many others that are living for God. Hey, guys, can I challenge you kind of off the mark just a little bit today? Find one of your heroes in the house of God. Find one of your heroes in church. Hey, guys. Most of our heroes as young people nowadays, you know who they are? There's some celebrity, there's some actor, there's some singer, there's some athlete. I'm not trying to burst your bubble, but you've never, probably never met them and you probably never will. And if you ever get close to them, you'll be within a thousand feet of them and a thousand people of them, right? And guys, again, I'm not trying to smash you today, but can I be honest? You know the only thing they care about with you? Your money. They want you to download their songs. They want you to buy their jerseys. They want you to do all this stuff for them to make them money. But George, they really don't care about us. They do not care. Hey, if your mom gets cancer, you can't go to them and tell them about it because they don't care. Can I tell you these men and women of God, they care about you around here. They care about you around here. And by the way, we have a lot of godly women around this place too. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. Hey guys, this is a valuable place to me. Hey guys. That's my heritage. By the way, you're still in the same church I am. You have that heritage too. Amen. You should be proud of it. Yes, sir. Hey, I know the blue buses are rickety, man, but they stand for something important. They stand for something important. For the last 48, 49 years, them things have been rolling out in, in PG County, picking up people from all over this place. Guys, that's pretty cool to be a part of, to carry that on. We have that heritage. Can I tell you it's a birthright to honor God? It's a, it's a birthright to be faithful. Hey, guys, one of your goals in life should be to be faithful to the end. Be consistent. Hey, guys, can I tell you it's a birthright? I got a bunch of these, but I got to run through them. It's a birthright to have the truth. Amen. The truth. The truth. The truth. Hey, guys, we don't have to say, Ethan, what's your opinion about it? Wes, what's your opinion? Well, Tom, what's your opinion? Hey, you may have a good opinion, but can I tell you, we don't need opinions. We need truth. And the Bible says it is the truth. It's the truth for what we need. Sanctify them through thy word, for thy word is truth. It's right here. We have that. Anthony, we don't have to search. We don't have to go in some dark cave on another continent to say, we've got to find the truth. We've got to find these manuscripts. we got it right here. Amen. Hey, we know who Jesus is. We know we're sinners. We know there's a heaven. We know there's a hell. We know... That we need to be saved. We know that Jesus died for us, shed his blood for us, and rose again. We've got the truth right here. Hey, God tells you what kind of music you should listen to and what kind you shouldn't. How you should dress and how you shouldn't. How you should talk and how you shouldn't. It's all right there. Hey, guys, the problem is not that God didn't put enough info in there or make it understandable. The problem is we don't care enough to find out what it says. That's by the way. But Can I tell you, your testimony is a birthright. Amen. Hey, guys, when guys think of you, when people think of you, it should mean something. Hey, 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 when people around the school here say uh, they come across some uh, topic that they shouldn't be talking about, I hope that thought comes to their mind. Ethan wouldn't talk about that. Aiden wouldn't talk about that. Anthony wouldn't talk about that. George wouldn't talk about that. And if one of you guys happens to walk in the room that time, the, the place gets quiet. I hope so. I hope you have that kind of testimony. I hope it's not that they're 
talking about uh, defiling things and dirty things, and then you walk in and it gets even louder and you, you go even deeper into those things. I hope it's not like that. Your testimony is a birthright. Yeah. God's given that to you. Don't ruin it. Making a difference in people is a birthright. Having direction from God, that's a birthright. Those are privileges. Hey, guys, the devil will down all day long, George. You have to go to church. You have to read your Bible. They're on your back. You can't talk like this. You can't act like this. Blah, 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 blah. And then when you finally fall for his traps and for his tricks, guys, then you know what he does. You, you know what you start realizing? Man, it was so good back there. Hmm? You realize all the stuff about church. It wasn't beating you down. It wasn't a burden on you. It's a blessing. Right. Guys, this place is a blessing, not a burden. You don't have to come here. You get to come here. Right. Hey, guys, if God just saved me, that would be enough. But now he gives me brothers and sisters in Christ to encourage me and yeah. help me along the way. And Kevin, if I need somebody to pray for me, I don't have to get on the Internet. I can go to my church right. who, who care for me and who will pray for me. Man, guys, what a birthright we have. The privileges of this status. Point number two. The priority. This is for Esau's life. The priority of the sensual. Now, sensual just means according to your senses. Your five senses. He was fleshly. Okay? Now, time out. Time out. Before we get into the verses. You understand what I'm saying by that? He was fleshly. He only cared about his own desires. You get that? Okay? He didn't really care about what God thought. Uh, George, he didn't really care about what was spiritual. That wasn't a big deal to me, to him. It was just about taking care of Esau. That's all he cared about. Kevin, he cared about the money. He cared about having nice stuff. He cared about the big house and the big car and all that kind of thing. But he didn't care about what God thought. He didn't care about having a strong prayer life. He didn't care about learning what God said and getting it locked into his life and part of his character. He didn't care about that. That wasn't a priority to him. But what was a priority to him is taking care of Esau. So the privileges of this, of this status, the birthright, and then the priority of the sensual. This is Esau's life. Hey, guys, verse number 29. Let's dive into this now. The priority of the sensual. Jacob sawed pottage. What that means is Jacob was cooking. All right? He was over there on the, on the oven, uh, um, and he was cooking. He was making some kind of soup here. That's what that means in the beginning of verse 29. And Esau came from the field, and he was faint. Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with this, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore, it was his name called Edom. Jacob says, sell me this day thy birthright. Guys, the priority of the sensual. We talked about the advantages that Esau had. He's the firstborn. Guys, he has this birthright. Kevin, he has these privileges because of where he was born. And can I say, you have privileges of being born again into the family of God. When you got born again, guys, some of those things I talked about, they became yours. You have that birthright. But for Esau, he had his priority was on the sensual. Guys, he's out in the field. Maybe he's hunting. Maybe he's taking care of some work that needs to be done around the ranch. But he comes inside. Guys, he's working hard and he comes inside and he says he's faint. He is tired. He's worn out. To this point, is anything wrong with that? Of course not. Nothing wrong with that, right? He's working hard. That's a good thing. He's tired. Guys, when you work hard, you get tired. When you work hard, you get hungry. Can I get an amen? amen. All right, you know the Bible's true. All right, very good, very good. He's hungry. He has these advantages of the birthright. But guys, he has worked up quite an appetite. Yeah. I don't know if he's working with animals. I don't know if he's working out there on the fence trying to patch things up. I don't know if he's working on the house. 
But he's been working hard and he's been uh, hot out there getting overheated. He comes inside. This dude's hungry. And it just so happens little bro is over there in the kitchen cooking up something that smells pretty good. So Esau has this appetite. And then when he walks in the house, something very appealing smacks him in the nostrils. That means he smells it. What do you mean? <laughs> he smells it. He walks inside the house and what are you cooking, bro? This sound, this smells sounds this smells great. It smells great, dude. And you know, I've just been praying for a good meal because I am sure, sure hungry. Very hungry. It was something appealing to him. Guys, can I tell you, you have appetites too. Guys, you have desires too. And I'm not talking about food and, and drink right now. Guys, you have appetites and desires too. You know some of those things? You want you have an appetite for a companion, a woman companion. That's a good thing to have. God is God has made you that way as a young man. To have a young woman in your life one day. Can I also get an amen right there, please? Amen. Thank the Lord. All right. If you didn't say amen, we need to talk later. All right. Listen. The appetite. <laughs> Throwing these looks around class, man. Let me get your blinders on you guys. Like, good grief. All right. Not supposed to do that when you preach. Some of you back there with new cars, you know, like don't do that, man. Don't do that with red car. You know, calling guys out. Hey, good grief! Try not to do that on purpose. Listen, but he had this appetite, guys. You have that appetite. Listen, you also have a desire to have friends. That's fine. Yeah. Listen, we don't want you to be a loner the rest of your life and people come say hi to you. No, I'm not supposed to talk to anyone. Get away! Like, that's weird. <laughs> having friends is fine, right? And having fun and having excitement and all these kind of things. But can I tell you, the devil tries to dangle his things in front of you. You have this desire. You have this appetite. And you walk into a situation and the devil's dangling something over here and you say, Hmm, wow. That smells pretty good, devil. He says, yeah, it does. Hmm. Guys, he appeals to your appetites. He appeals to your desires. Yeah. Can I tell you, this stirs your desires. This catches your attention. Dude, you think this man has been working hard out in the hot sun, walks inside, and that soup hits his nose. You think that didn't appeal to him? He's thinking, that's exactly what I need. Yeah. Whew! Exactly what I need. Hey, guys, and some of you, some of you, listen, I get it. You want to have a young woman one day, but you see one walking by that's not dressed right. And you over there with the metaphor saying, that's exactly what I need. <laughs> Can I tell you that's the devil throwing a, a temptation in front of you, a trap in front of you. And some of you over there like Esau being dumb saying, yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about a perfume, guys. Yeah. I'm just using the illustration of this story. Hey, guys, it's a big deal, the choices that you make. You have that potential. You have that birthright. You have that purity. And he appeals to your desires. He catches your attention. Hey, guys, Kevin, to this point, though, in the story, it's all innocent, right? Yeah. I mean, dude, he's working hard. Good thing. Comes inside, tired. That's fine. He's hungry. Yeah. I do that a couple times a day. <laughs> we all do that. Right? And Jacob has, happens to be cooking. That's fine. I, I can't cook, but if you can cook, good for you. Some of my friends can cook. Praise God. I go over to their house and eat. You know? 
Hey, God's given you a gift. He's given me a gift to eat it. <laughs> God brought us together for our mutual mutual edification. You say, what does that mean? So I get fooled. Right? <laughs> listen, well, listen. But guys, it gets real serious in verse number 31. Yeah. Because he's cooking this soup, this stew. And Esau, let me go back to 30. He says, feed me. I mean, this, you know this dude's a man. Feed me. You know, this guy's hungry. He's not like, hey, can I have some? Feed me. All right? Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Now it gets real serious, like I said in verse number 31. You say, why? Because he says, Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. Boy, you want some of my soup? You do. You're hungry. You're tired. I know you are. You've been working hard. You stink. You sweating right now. All right? You're talking about the smell of this soup. You you smell a whole different way, and it's not good. It's not appealing, all right? It's not appealing to anyone's desires, all right? Listen, he says, you want this? I'll tell you the price. Sell me your birthright. Where'd that come from? I mean, Aiden, where did that come from? I'm hungry. I've been working hard. I come inside the house. You happen to be cooking. It smells good. Can I get some? Dude, can you dip me out a little? Come on. Be a bro. Yeah, I will. Give me your birthright. Huh? Excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> You're following. Good. <clears throat> exactly. Like, where did that come from? That's really weird. It's almost like Jacob saying, okay, I see an opportunity here. And let me just say this now, and I won't say it again, hopefully. I don't think Jacob went about it the right way, guys. But his desire was good. You remember those things I talked about with the birthright? He saw his brother had that, Kevin. He said, man, I wish I could have that. I was born second. I came out a minute later of the womb. But he's got all these privileges. When, when dad happens to die one day, he's going to be the spiritual leader of the home. I wish I could be that. He's going to make the sacrifices for this family. I wish I could do that. He's going to be in the line of the Messiah, the promised one that would come and... Crush Satan's head. I wish I could be that. So he had a desire for it. That's a good desire. But I don't think he went about it the right way. But you know what Esau is all about? He's all about his own desires. And guys, Jacob sees an opportunity here and he throws out an advertisement. You know what he's saying when he says, sell me this day thy birthright? This is a key thought, guys. What's it worth to you? It's good. What's it worth to you? Hey, I don't know. I was reading some people that said perhaps, perhaps, Wes, Jacob had picked up on some complaining maybe that Esau had done in the past. We don't know, guys. The Bible's silent about it. But it could be, Anthony, that he's saying, man, i got to do all this work around here because I'm the firstborn. I have this birthright. This thing drives me nuts sometimes. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But you know, somewhere along the line, I think Jacob saw an opportunity. You know what? Maybe I could sneak my way in here and take that birthright. Get a hold of that thing for myself. So he advertises to his brother saying, hey, you want some soup? Sure, bro. I got the bowl here. I can dip it out for you. It'd be all good. But it's got a price and it's your birthright. What's it worth to you? Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Look up here. What's your Christian life worth to you? What's your purity worth to you? What is it worth to you? Hey, guys. What is your clean mind worth to you? What is it worth? Hmm. It's valuable. Hey, guys, a clean mind is valuable. A a testimony that's clean and strong is valuable. Hey, guys, these things that God has given to us, the truth, 
being a young man that has conviction and has character and integrity. Guys, that's valuable. Hey, guys, can I tell you? Most of us, we're like Esau. We get off track. You know what's valuable to us? Money, cars, homes, women, friends, being popular. Hey, guys, can I tell you? In God's eyes... It's all backwards. The stuff that's important in the world is not important to God. And the things that are important to God are not important to the world. Can I challenge the Teen Boys class today? Which one is it going to be for you? Mm-hmm. What's going to be valuable to you? The things of God or the things of this world? Hey, guys, I get it. We need money to function in this world. Yeah. Okay? We need a car that runs. I get that. I like having a car that runs. I like, guys, I like at the end of the day to walk into a house that belongs to me and I can open the door, I can close the door behind me and say, ah, I don't have to deal with the crazy world anymore. I I don't know about you, but I like having a comfortable bed that I can sleep in at night. That's pretty nice. It's nice to have a refrigerator with food in there and, and stuff to replenish me. I like all that. But guys, can I tell you, the things of God need to be so more important than the things of this world. Right. Hey, guys. Where's your priority? Can I tell you Esau, like we talked about, Jacob, he cared about the birthright. Can I tell you Esau didn't? Hmm. I mean, guys, he had these advantages. He has this appetite for food. It's appealing the smell that he catches, the scent that he that he uh, comes across. And Jacob takes this opportunity to say, hey, what's it worth to you? I want the birthright. You want the soup. Can we make a deal here? Hmm. And guys, I'm going to read these, but I'll try to explain them in the next point. Verse number 32, Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die, and what profit shall this birthright do to me? So basically, verse 33, they make an agreement. And he trades. He he makes the exchange, Aiden, a bowl of soup, a bowl of chili, we could say, for his birthright. Not a lifetime supply of soup. He didn't have cans in his pantry that said Jacob's soup for the rest of his life. You following me? This is one meal. One meal for his birthright. Are you kidding me? Hey guys, I remember as being a being a little kid, sitting on the couch, my my sister would go to the mall, say, Tom, do you want anything? I say, Yeah. Give me something. I'd be four or five years old. Yeah, give me something. What do you want? What do you want? Uh, and they would I would be thinking do you want a candy bar? You know what I was always thinking? As just a little kid, this wasn't any wise thing, but it just works with this message. They say, you want a candy bar? You know what I would think, Aiden? No, because if they give that to me, I'll eat it, and then a few minutes later, it'll be gone. So you know what I would always say? Bring me a toy, because at least I can play with that over and over and over and over again. This dude takes one meal. His birthright lasts the rest of his life. In fact, like we talked about the legacy of it. Guys, this is what? 3,500 to 4,000 years ago. What do we still say? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Because of this story. His legacy was ruined because of this story. Wow. Unbelievable. But you know what the problem? He was focused on his own desires. Hey, guys. It was abruptly over. Can you think about it? That this one meal that he had. Hey, maybe he was full. Maybe he said, you know what, Jake? Man, I don't know how you do it with them spices. But, boy, you got it. That was an awesome meal. Loved it. You know, whatever they do in those fancy restaurants. My, 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 uh, what do they call it? To the chef. I don't know. We don't go to fancy restaurants. We don't. We go to McDonald's, you know. <laughs> you don't have to comp- compliments. There you go. We don't have to compliment the chef because, you know, he's about to quit. But anyway, all right? That's how it works. That's how it works. Listen, 
But maybe that was the best meal he had had. But you know what, guys? It's still a foolish trade. How in the world could that ever be worth it? One meal, one meal for all this thing that he gave away. Could never be worth it. But you know what his problem was? The priority was on the sensual. Hey, guys, what's your priority on? This was brief. This was passing. This was momentary. We hear this all the time in this church. Listen, we hear this all the time in this church. But the Bible says the pleasures of sin are for a season, short time. Hey, guys, I get it. I get it. We talk about the illustrations of the girl and the friends and all this kind of stuff. And I get it, guys. Hey, when the music's pumping, yeah, is there a part of me that says, man, that sounds good? Of course. I'm human. All right? That doesn't mean I should give into it. All right? If I start breaking it down, that's a problem. But there's something that's appealing to the flesh. Hey, guys, in all these different ways. Hey, does the devil ever whisper in your ears? Just say, take care of yourself. You don't need to go to that church that much. You don't need to spend all your time there. You don't need to give your money to the offering 10%. What are we talking about? This is nuts. Hey, guys, the devil will keep coming at you with these things, and it appeals to your flesh. You know what Jesus said? He said, if any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Hey, guys, now we're not saying you have to starve yourself or anything like that, but there are going to come some times where your flesh your heart, your mind, your body wants something that's wrong, and you need to say, no, I'm doing what God says. Hey, guys, we talk about it all the time, right? When you get up out of bed, do you feel like reading the Bible most of the time? No. Most of us are like, are you kidding me? I don't want to do this. I don't feel like this. Hey, guys, what's it going to be? What's the priority going to be on? Good. The flesh? What you feel, what you want? Hey, some people don't come to church because they can't get out of bed. What's it going to be on God, on the things of God or on what you want? Hey, God, guys, who is God in your life? Who's God in your life? You or him? Yeah. For Esau, he was the God of his own life. And guys, he sold out. He sold out his birthright, his spiritual privileges for one bowl of soup. Wow. And guys, I'm not going to finish the message today. I'll finish it next week. But let me say this. You say, man, what an idiot this guy is. Are you kidding me? One meal? One meal. One meal. (sighs) Dummy. Hey, guys, you've got a spiritual birthright too. Mm -hmm. God has put some things in you that are special, that the world can't touch. Mm -hmm. They're very important. They're, They're of the utmost priority. And you know what? You can sell out for one relationship. So before you look down at Esau and say, stupid, oh, what an idiot, we can do the same thing. One girl, one rendezvous, one, one time with her, and you give up. Hey, guys, let's just be real about it. Those of you that are called to preach, you mess around like that, that's gone. Yeah, That's gone. You can still hop out in the church. You can be a soul winner and those type of things. But don't ever expect to stand behind a pulpit and tell other people what to do. Uh Let's just be real. Let's just be real. I have experienced people that I know that have done that, and it bothers them to this day. They've gotten right with God. They've tried to get back in church and all. But Kevin, they're not allowed up in front of people. Why? Yeah. Because they sold out. Mm -hmm. Guys, that's a big deal. Hey, hey, hey. To get some friends to like you, you're going to start talking about edgy things and you're going to start using these words that you never used before because you want to fit in. That's like one meal like this guy. Is your priority on the sensual? 
It's, I just, man, I just want to feel good. I just want to do, I just want to do me. I just want to do what's most important to me, what I need. Don't you think God knows what you need? Yeah. Don't you think he can provide a lot better than, for you than you can for yourself? Yeah, of course. But you got to trust him. And that's not always easy. Hey, guys, I'll finish the message next week. But Esau sold out. He had this wonderful privilege in his life. But he sold out. He gave it up for one, for one, for one meal. Wow. And don't you give up your spiritual birthright. Your purity, your testimony, the difference that you can make in people, the direction from God, the truth that you have, your faithfulness, your honoring God, your potential. Don't give all that up for one young lady, one group of friends, people to like what you say on social media or whatever, or some music that appeals to the flesh. Hey, guys, what's more important, your physical desires or what God wants for you? Hey guys, can I challenge you? Take some time, take some inventory of your own life and your own spiritual birthright. Guys, if you have godly parents, that's a spiritual birthright. Amen. Appreciate that. You, ha- you have a godly church. You have a church that is, we are not perfect, but man, you have a good church. Amen. Be thankful for it. Appreciate it. Let it be precious to you. Can I teach you one last thing before we shut this thing down? Guys, it wasn't just he was stupid and just the guy just wasn't too bright upstairs. That wasn't Esau's problem. You know the problem? Wes, he didn't value his birthright. He didn't view it as important, and that's why he fell for this. So, you know what that teaches, uh, tells me and you? How do you view the things of God now? Is it valuable to you now? Guys, if it's not, you are set up for the devil to say, hey, I heard you're hungry. Uh, Yeah, I'm just making something up over here. Are you interested? How much is it worth to you to give up your purity? How much is it worth to you to give up your potential? I mean, you talk about that ministry you want to have in the future, but I mean, how much is that worth to you, really? I mean, really? I mean, if you could get her, wouldn't you? Would you really mind giving it up? I mean, come on, man. Serious questions, guys. Serious questions. Hey, let me challenge you once again. Don't sell out. Don't sell out. We'll finish the message next week. But don't you sell out. Hey, guys, this week, don't sell out. When you get up and you do feel lazy, get up and read your Bible. Get on your knees and pray. Say, God, I need your help. Why? Because it's vitally important that I get a hold of God. That's my spiritual birthright. And I don't want to give it up. And, guys, when some, some trashy woman walks by you this week, don't you give up your spiritual birthright. Don't you sell out. Hey, guys, the, uh, I will shut up after this statement, I promise. I'm holding my hands up to remind myself, all right? Listen, I'm so glad, guys, that the men that I mentioned earlier didn't sell out. Kevin, if they did, that would have drastically rocked my world, man. If my dad would have fallen to sin, if Brother Chuck would have quit and said it's too hard, if Brother Bob said, I can't do this anymore, I need to start thinking about me and making money, and all the different men, Brother Jack and and Brother Tripp and all these different ones, if they would have given up, guys... I know we're supposed to do it for Jesus, and I, tr- I, I try to live the Christian life because I love Jesus. But those men and women have made a life-changing impact on my life. If they would have quit, I, that would have been hard with, for me to deal with. I'm being 100% with you. Now, guys, somebody looks up to you the same way. Yeah. Are you going to sell out? Mm. I can preach all day long, and we can think about the good memories. Yeah. 
We miss Brother Chuck, and I do. And, and Pastor Fenwick, what a great man, and he was. But you know what? It's our turn now. Amen. Yeah. And somebody's looking at you, and I beg you, this week, don't sell out. Because you know what? They had to make the same choices not to sell out in their generation that we have now. Mm-hmm. They made the right choice. It's up to us now. Let's not sell out. Let's